Welcome into week six of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here with NFL Pro Bowler TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, how'd you do this week on your picks? Because I'm pretty sure you were undefeated. I did pretty damn well, actually. I need to really start paying attention to these picks uh, later in the week. Because you, you go early in the week, you don't overthink it. You just make the pick. Mm-hmm. And then later in the week, you start getting things in your mind that kind of sway you from what you thought and believed in early in the week. Go with your first mind and just roll it out. Yeah, but this, I'm telling you, man, I don't know what it is about early in the week, man. Uh, we fantastic with these picks. Like, I don't, I think people don't, they don't realize, man. Like, we giving it to them. Well, because one of the things about betting early in the week or just picking games early in the week is because the lines obviously move and adjust. Like, um, you could even bet on games in week seven that haven't happened yet, right? Because, I mean, obviously they're set up, you know, according to what they think is going to happen, right? But, you know, you can get a lot of value on games. Like, for example, me and you picked the Chargers and Browns on a Tuesday. That game was a pick em. On Sunday, if you wanted to bet on the Chargers, that game was Chargers minus two and a half. That's a significant hey, you know, amount of points. You know what's crazy about that game? I'm glad you brought that up. The referees literally gave the Chargers that game. The Chargers didn't win that game. The okay, referees well, handed I'll, it to them. They I'll, handed that game to them. The Browns won that game. That, that let's game get to was, that in just a second. Here you because, go, hold Los on Angeles Chargers. We don't want the Cleveland Browns to win, so we're going to give you the game. All right. We'll talk about that game in just a second, but first we will be remiss to not talk about John Gruden being forcibly resigned, right? Because he wasn't going to resign until these emails came out. John Gruden is now out as a coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, quite honestly, I think my first opinion of the first initial reaction is, you know, I don't pretend to, to think that anybody in the NFL or most of the people in the NFL are angels or do not have any type of dirt or skeletons in their closet or so on and so forth. However, I don't understand how the head coach of a national football team, and this is in back-to-back or it's almost back-to-back weeks now, can be so foolish or so irresponsible, right, to have these have correspondences on um, anywhere that can be documented through the workplace, right? That's the thing that really gets me, especially when you're operating in this. And it's just with John Gruden and with Urban Meyer before him, and his, his, they, they act like they're untouchable and act like they're Teflon. And the reality, but there's a lot, there's a lot more at play than just John Gruden and his emails, but the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had no choice. They had to either fire him or force him to resign. I mean, this just goes to show you, man, like you can be so smart and intelligent yet so stupid and dumb at the same time. Like rule number one, you learn this growing up. At least I've learned this growing up. You just you don't leave a trail. Like he didn't think it was gonna see the light of day. He he thought those emails were technically invisible. Like you don't send something that you wouldn't say. Those emails, I guarantee John Gruden thought nobody's ever gonna see these. And oh, and the thing is too, okay, in these emails, Shannon said this on TV and it really it stuck with me. Because everybody has biases. Everybody grew up somewhere, had somebody do something to them. They don't care for one thing or another that somebody happened to. 
But I think the, 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 what he said on TV and it stuck with me is like the true character of you is what do you do when that person, when you get upset by somebody from that other group? Do you run to that bias immediately? Do you automatically run to, oh, this person is this, that, and the third? It's like, no, if you can sit there, you control you got what you got going on and fairly evaluate the situation to say this is wrong and this is wrong. Not because this person doing this is a woman or this person doing this is, is, is Roger Goodell or this person doing this is black or this person doing this is whatever. If you can act obje objectively assess the situation, that's your true mark of your character, right? If you're running to these slurs and name callings and so on and so forth, as soon as you get upset, that's also the true calling of your character. But at the end of the day, it's like we base it in the wire. We don't talk on the phones. We don't talk in the car. We don't talk to anybody that ain't us and around nobody that ain't us. And, and at the end of the day, quite honestly, if you are the type of person that harbors these types of feelings, I should never find out about it because you should be smart enough to hide it. Gruden was working for ESPN at the time, calling Monday night games. And he was just pissed off. And whether you're racist or not, I don't care. Whether you're homophobic or not, I don't care. The problem is, if you are these things, are you treating those people any different and, and that's where the problem lies right right within itself like think about like he didn't resign or get fired because he said something racist. let's just be honest they forced him to resign because he had the homophobic emails and a misogynistic tones in his emails that that was the it wasn't the racist comments that got him fired it was i think i think else. i honestly think i truly honestly think that it was all not to be like uh conspiracy theory tin hat i think the role it was a, there was a rollout if he did not resign yesterday there would have been another more email. today there would have been yes. more emails today hey, there would have been like more, more emails the next day for you okay you're not gonna fire we're gonna release this oh you're not gonna fire there's something else for you. Right. Oh. So I, 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 while I understand what you're saying, yeah. I think that any of these first initial emails could have come out and he might've been able to save himself. Hey, it was but like- the tidal wave just get the, over and over and over and over. I don't get the, Mark Davis, you don't get the point now? Okay, we're going to give you something else. You don't get the point now? Okay, well, I get the point. And, and that's the thing. I, I, I love how like, uh, you know, the media, Gruden is, is, is not, not painted, so to speak, but, but, but like the idea of Gruden resigned. Of course, Gruden resigned. He knew that at no Mark Davis, the only option that he had was he was going to give him the Jazzy Jeff right out of Legion Stadium. Hey, right? So he knew he, he had he to get, resign. Does he get the remainder of his contract? No, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine resigned, that. I mean, you, basically, you resign or you're fired for cause, huh? But my final point on this is the power of television. Because, TJ, you've never worked. I know you've had a lot of work experience as an NFL wide receiver, but you've never had work experience as a call screener at a major Detroit radio station. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you are working in a city with a team that is not happy with the head coach, from 2000, whenever John Gruden got in a Monday night booth, to whenever he got out of that Monday night booth to go coach the Raiders, John Gruden was the most popular call-in head coach candidate. Every single, every single team, you know why? Because everybody saw John Gruden on Monday night saying Spider 2 Y banana and, and breaking down quarterbacks and doing the Chucky dance. 
and completely irrelevantly forgot that he only won one Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's players and everywhere he's been since it has not been great, you know, and, and just ignoring all the other things that came around because he got that Super Bowl and because he was good at television. Hey, it's easy to act smart until it's time to be smart. Hey, and speaking of somebody who is, I mean, decent on television and probably not acting smart at all, let's get in our recap because I just know this. My Urban Meyer first coach fired ticket felt like it was in great danger uh, over the weekend that I saw these John Gruden emails come out. So I appreciate him falling on his own sword. So sports books did not cash out because Urban Meyer is going to get fired if he resigns too, I swear. <clears throat> but in any event, TJ, me and you both took the Titans minus four. It was Titans 37, Jaguars 19. Kevin Byers scooped up a fumble with one minute left in the first quarter, and we never looked back. Yeah, that game was uh, a blowout. It just makes you wonder. We talked about what are these coaches thinking? Like, Derrick Henry, you will not run for 100 yards. I'm like, I'm forcing them to beat me throwing the ball. I'm not letting Derrick Henry beat me when your receivers are out. A.J. Brown is coming back and he's not 100%. Like, I just don't understand what these dudes do all day and night when it's time to game plan. Derrick Henry's getting the ball at least 55% of the snaps. Um, corners, you guys got to hold up on the outside. Don't get nothing, get beat. Don't give up anything over the top. Make them throw it short. We're going to stop the run. Simple. I mean, I appreciate your entire football breakdown of what happened in this game. But the reality of what happened in this game, I feel like, broke down in the, in the post-game press conference. They asked Urban Meyer, how do you feel about getting a win? He goes, we're desperate for a win. Desperate each way. They, each, desperate for a desperate. Well, they asked Urban Meyer. He says he's desperate for a win. Desperate for the way they go to work each day. Desperate for a win. Trevor Lawrence says, you can't get desperate. You just got to keep going to work. And if that doesn't encapsulate, I mean, your head coach and your quarterback are supposed to be in sync, right? Incommunicado, in cahoots. These two guys couldn't be further apart. They, they, I mean, if this is a marriage, this is like Lucy and Desi sleeping in separate beds, right? If you're desperate for a win, once you get that win, then what? Does the desperation go out of the window? I mean, you're desperate every week. Every, every week. And, and Urban is seeing that. It's not easy to win in the National Football League. He's lost more. He's going to lose more games this year than he probably lost in his last five years at Ohio State total coaching. He'll lose more games this year. He's, than, I'll be honest. If he loses this weekend, that might be the amount. The amount well, six, he might, might lose be. more games this year than he lost his entire career at Ohio State. If, if I'm Urban Meyer, Honestly, and, and I don't even know if they would want him. I'm trying to get the USC, man. I, I'm trying to get the USC. Fire me. Fire me. The owner, Shad Khan, fire me. Let me let me see if I can get the USC. But does USC want him? He can recruit and he can win at the college level. To me, that's all that matters. Um, get him back, put SC back on the map, Pete Carroll style, five or six years, and, and right off into the sunset. Yeah, TJ, what did I say? Urban Meyer lost six games at Ohio State. Forgive me. He lost nine games at Ohio State. I'm so sorry. More games He's going to lose more games this year. Lost provided, at Ohio that State. He, provided that he makes it this long. Because, TJ, let me ask you your opinion on this, because you've been on good teams and you, you were on a couple bad teams. Jason Lockett, for a CBS sports analyst, says 
the team was breaking huddles in practice instead of like one, two, three, break or, you know, one, two, three, go. They were saying one, two, three, grind in reference to Urban Meyer and his actions at the Urban Meyer Pint House. They, if that's the case, even 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 the, the, the backup second string special teamers breaking huddle like that, the locker room's gone, right? He has like that. that is, is, that's, that's not happening in a place they have respect. That's just coach. a way of, of making fun of the situation, guaranteeing a locker room. Whoever the team leaders on that team was like, hey, every break today, we're going to break it one, two, three grinds. So then you go around the entire locker room and you be like, hey, y'all got that. You got that. You got that. And some might be a little nervous about doing that. Nah, motherfucker, you gonna do it. So when the second group, you you got to break. The, he he don't want to do it. You got to break. And, and so that's how it goes. You just get in that locker room, make sure everybody knows what you're gonna do. And what is he gonna do? He can't okay, get mad. But, that, but but my point is though. All right, just take the two on five coaches. I don't think anybody is going into Allen Park today. Boo like. Fake crying because Dan Campbell cried in his post game press conference. Like, am I am I reading that wrong? It feels like, like, but Dan Campbell hadn't done what Urban Meyer has done. Urban Meyer, this is Dan Campbell's in essence his first head coaching opportunity. Although he was an interim coach, this is his first head coaching opportunity, and so he's approaching it for sure a lot differently than Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's been a head coach for years upon years upon years guarantee he thought okay i'm gonna go into jacksonville i'm drafting trevor lawrence we're gonna take some lumps but we're gonna show a ton of progress and it's not happening the way he imagined or he thought it would i guarantee he thought it wouldn't be this bad and no, so there's no way that he thought he would have he, he never envisioned he'd have his loved ones bro. no he didn't envision this he's having second thoughts about this and so who cares what people say? Who cares what they think? Because if you go to SC and win, all this will be forgotten. All this will, you go to SC and win and will say, oh, he really can't coach. Like, oh, the grinding that he did in Columbus with his little uh, mistress, uh, it's a thing of the past. So going on to another first year head coach of which they seem to have no regrets whatsoever, even though you, didn't like the outcome of the game. The Chargers beat the Browns 47 to 42. We talked about this game on Tuesday. Like I said earlier, it was a pick them at that point. Game closed at minus two and a half. You wanted the Chargers. So obviously that's why you buy early if you like a side. So that pass interference call was Bogus. pretty egregious. That, that, that pretty was, bad. If they don't, how, and I'm an offensive player. I'm grabbing the DB. That was fourth and eight, if people recall. That's turnover on down. Game is over. Game is pretty much over. Like, these officials have been so bad. Initially, I thought, man, baseball and basketball by far and away have the worst officiating of any professional sports. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. Like, you watch football, you, you watch the Niners game. It's a safety. Oh, it's not a safety because they said the holding occurred outside of the end zone. And then when you watch the replay, he was held in the end zone, which should have been a safety. You watch the Charger game from the previous week. Bosa was held. They didn't call it. He said something about it. 
he gets a penalty because they missed the call and they find him for berating the fish. Find like this is a passionate game. When you miss calls that are game changers, or you make calls that are game changers, and you're wrong, you should be held accountable. Because when I lose my composure because of those missed calls and I say whatever I say, I'm held accountable financially. Why aren't you held this? Why aren't you held to the same standard that I'm held to? You're costing us games. Like that cost the Cleveland Browns a game. The Chargers are a really good football team, but that cost the Cleveland Browns that game. And that referee knows it. And I, that ref was refereeing when I was playing. And I'm, it's just unfortunate, man, that they they can make calls that can change the course of the game. Certain That's the thing the that gets me, though, fight. TJ, because I never, you know, I ignored the refs for most of my, you know, the refs were just objects, not people for most of my fandom, right, until I became, until I got into the business more and more and more. And then also, like, the New Orleans Saints, when that pass interference call, I then learned every, I learned every name of everybody on that, on that crew. Because how did they? Because that was the most egregious call I've ever seen in my life. Save the Russell Wilson. I mean, save Golden Tate and MD Jennings in the back in the end zone up in Seattle when they, it was a week four of replacement referees, which is honestly the reason why I realized I had to get into this business, TJ. Because that night, Monday Night Football, I will never forget this. It was at my ex girlfriend's house on North Campus at University of Michigan. It was twelve forty-five in the morning, and I couldn't sleep because of this crime that had been committed against football. And I called the league office and left a voicemail for Roger Goodell, and it's to the general switchboard. I told him you have to get the real officials back in there, otherwise they're going to lose me as a fan. And I looked at myself at one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday when I had an eight a.m. class the next day. I said, Martin, you have to get your priorities in order. As you see, now I do this for a living. My priorities in order. But I say all that to say, I now understand, but like, I can't, while it was a bad call, I think you have to give some credit to Brandon Staley because listen, 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 what do we know about, what do we know about, what do we know about human beings? And what do we know about people who operate in the clutch? What do we know about what happened in that moment? In the Superdome, when Tommy Lee Lewis got hit by Nikhil Roby Coleman up upside the head, and, and everybody froze. They froze. They, everybody saw what happened. Everybody knew what happened. They froze, and they didn't, they didn't throw the flag. Conversely, officials make mistakes like this all the time in high-pressure situations, high-leverage situations. But Brandon Staley, I listened to this interview about – I listened to this interview we did with Jim Rome earlier yesterday, and it was talking about why he goes for it on fourth down so often. And he's like, he wants to maximize his player's ability. He wants to give the ball to Justin Herbert as many times as he can, right? And I read this profile about him back when he was the, uh, the defensive coordinator with the Rams, why are the Rams so good on defense. And it was essentially the same thing. Like, without getting too far into the weeds, it was he uses Aaron Donald and he uses Jalen Ramsey in such a way that maximizes their ability. But don't you think there's some level of Staley forcing the issue that makes this Chargers team good and makes decisions like this happen or no? No, no, no. When you, when you, I've always thought coaches should have gone for it more on fourth down, but their nature is to be conservative because if it doesn't work, what is the media going to say about that call? The, the problem I have with, with that pass interference is it changed the, the entire complexion of the game. It, at least in my opinion, was the reason the Cleveland Browns lost that game. That's fourth and eight. It was an incomplete pass which was technically offensive pass interference. 
Cleveland gets that ball, either they kick a field goal or they run the clock out. They're running the ball very effectively the entire game. And that's just one of many calls. That, that wasn't just the only call. You can watch games every week, multiple games. And they, like a defensive tackle, is tripping as he's near the quarterback. He's stumbling. He goes to tackle him. He hits him just above the knees. That's roughing You can't hit him up here. You can't hit him down low. So you have to hit him within here. If I'm tripping and falling, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Right. Like, use some common sense. Uh, which game? I'm watching the Bengals and Packers game. They called the DJ Reader for tripping. He didn't trip the guy at all. He got in the backfield. The offensive lineman yanked him because he was about to get the tackle for loss. And when he yanked him and held him, he spun him so his legs looked like he was tripping the back. It was a holding call. They didn't call it. Right. And it was clear as day. And it's like, dude, make the right call. Make the right call. Stop doing this. I just, I, I have always wondered why there is not more of a variety in the officiating. Why the, why Bill Vinovich call will be calling Super Bowls for the next, you know, 10 years. But in any event, that's whatever. But I want to get on to the Bills. But the Chargers the are the real deal, though. The Chargers are the real deal. And okay, so that's so what like so so because I wanted to ask you after we get off to this Chiefs thing because you know this AFC West is really spicy up. You had the Bills thirty eight, Chiefs twenty. I was on the Chiefs. I thought maybe you know the 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 the, uh, the streak was over. Maybe they'd cover the spread. Turns out I just don't think that the Chiefs are a very good football team right now. Can they Who get better? On? They can, but I mean you were on the Bills, so tell me, TJ, is this good Chiefs? I mean, is this good Bills or is this bad Chiefs? No, it's good Bills. You know, obviously, the Chiefs aren't playing to their capabilities. They, they, they can't run the ball effectively. Defensively, they, they've been below average defensively for years now. You know, they got a little better when they won the Super Bowl. But for the most part, they've been an average to below average defensive team. Their, their money is spent on offense side of the ball. Their best defensive player, Chris Jones, did not play. That that hurts them, and it hurts them a ton. But the Bills, the Bills just have a good football team. Everybody thought after week one, and I was everybody like, oh, what's wrong with the Bills? You know, it, it was just a blip. You know, they, they had a little speed bump. That speed bump just so happened to be week one against the Steelers. The Bills are pretty much playing now how they finished the season last year. They look unstoppable. Like Josh Allen can run. He can throw. He can throw. He can run. It's like they don't have a weakness. Their weakness coming into the season, in my opinion, was their pass rush. They draft Gregory Rousseau from Miami, and they're getting pressure on the quarterback defensively with Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. The Bills are the real deal, man. So – I think so, too, at this point. And I think the Chiefs are significantly worse than we thought. Like, because we talk about they can't run the ball effectively. They can't run the ball ineffectively. They haven't even, they haven't even found ways to seem evenly, like, typically when a team can't run the ball effectively, you'll see them, like, doing bubble screens or, like, like doing all types of different things to try to, like, free up the run game. 
this is not happening in Kansas City right now. It feels like, especially the last two, three weeks, defenses have a complete stranglehold on what they're doing. And Mahomes is not seeming like he's having the guys open or having the patience or having the wherewithal or whatever he had in the first few first two seasons to find guys open on those breaking routes. But I did say, like, the Chiefs feel, don't feel like a team that are – I mean, well, you can see they're not a team that can sustain – if they if the Chiefs needed four ten play drives to win a game, I don't think that they can do it right now. There's not many teams that can, to be honest with you. The more successful offenses in the league are able to get quick play touchdowns. The, the Chiefs need this acronym, KISS. That, that's what Andy Reid needs to do this week. Kiss it. Keep it super simple. You know, they do all this fancy stuff and all these motions and these formations and just keep it super simple. Get back to playing effective football, whether it's cute or not. We just want to be effective. And then do that other stuff as a change up instead of doing all the fancy stuff all the time and the simple stuff as a change up. They need to change that because they, I believe they've gotten away from that. Run the ball a little more. You have a new offensive line, and I know you got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It's easy for us to throw the ball. We, we can get yards. Run the ball a little more. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple and, and see if that changes things. So right now, you got the Chargers and the Chiefs. They're tied on FanDuel. They're tied atop AFC West odds plus one twenty-five. You can get either one of them plus one twenty-five to win the division. Chargers, Chargers. Okay, and the Chargers and they already right have now, a game up on them. They got a game up on them, right? So that's why I thought too. I thought the I thought the charge. I went to go check it. Was shocked to find the odds were even. I thought that the Chargers should have been almost favorited to win the AFC West by this point, especially with the Gruden news. And I think the Broncos kind of came down. Came you know the Broncos seemed to be who they thought we were who I thought they were at least. Um, yeah, the Chargers, I mean, the Broncos and the Raiders. And then over-unders for the Chargers, 11 and a half wins. I feel like you have to take the over there, no? Yeah, the Chargers, they're four and one, four and one, correct? Yeah. They, I, I would see them getting, they should get to about 12 or 13. I mean, it's the National Football League, man. You're going you're gonna to have some slip-ups. It, it's hard to sweep your division so you, you can just throw in another one or two losses just from your division. Um, but the Chargers, get, you look at that team, they bring in Corey Lindsley from Green Bay. They really don't have a weakness offensively. They really don't have a weakness defensively. Granted, they need to stay healthy. Uh, the Chargers are good, man. It, just hopefully now they can get some fans in L.A. To, to start coming to the stadium and giving them a true home field advantage. That and a place kicker. All right, TJ. The Green Bay Packers are traveling to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Chicago off a big win versus the hapless Las Vegas Raiders, the rudderless Las Vegas Raiders, and the Packers off of a, I don't know if you want to call it a big win, off a this pretty ugly win. After missing five, after five uh, field goals were missed in the last like eight minutes of the game, Packers win that one against the Bengals. The Bears beat the Raiders. Packers are four and a half point favorites at Soldier Field. TJ, where are you on this game? No such thing as an ugly win in the NFL. 
we just want to win. Doesn't matter how it looks, I just want to win. Spoken like somebody who's won an NFL game before, and I was yeah. speaking as somebody who never has. <laughs> um, I, I like the Packers. Packers are the better team. Um, they're better pretty much at every position, minus the defensive line, or maybe you say linebacker, depending on what you want to classify Khalil Mack as. Uh, the Bears are going to struggle offensively to to just move the ball on the Packers. The Packers are playing good defense, obviously. But there is going to come a point in time where somebody has a smart defensive coordinator and they say, I'm letting, I'm not letting you throw 60% of these passes to Devontae Adams. I'm not going to let you throw all your passing yards to Devontae Adams. I just hope it's not this week. I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking the Packers too. I think that when people look at the Bears last week and what they did to the Raiders and think, man, the Raiders walked into that game three and one. Like the Raiders, were, you know, I, I didn't buy the Raiders initially. I still don't buy them now. And I'm, in fact, now I can't even sell the stock now that the head coach is out of the, has gotten the Jazzy Jeff treatment. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going with the Packers. That front four had Joe Burrow in the hospital. He finished the game, but went to the hospital. I think you can't underestimate that. Joe Burrow was on his back. Justin Fields will be on his back. Or Andy Dalton, because Justin Fields did nick his knee up. He's supposed to play, supposed to start. We'll see. You know how Matt Nagy loves Andy Dalton. The Chargers are going across the are going across the country to Baltimore. The Ravens, the Ra are three-point favorites at home. You have the Chargers off the game of the week in the AFC last week, beating the Browns. The Ravens on Monday night had a I mean, Lamar Jackson had that's the type of thing that they crowned Brady for. That type of comeback in the fourth quarter is what they talk about when they're talking about franchise quarterback. TJ, where are you at this game? I like the Chargers and the, the Ravens have squeaked by against the Chiefs. Squeaked by last second field goal, longest in NFL history against the Lions. Getting manhandled pretty much the entire game against the Colts, come back and win it in overtime. I, I like the Chargers, what they can do offensively is put a ton of pressure on Baltimore, either on the ground or in the air. Justin Herbert's fantastic. The, the Ravens have just been having so many come from behind or last second victories. I, I just don't know if they can continue to play that way. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Los Angeles Super Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers too. Even I, I love the Chargers in this spot. I think the Ravens, I do think these are two of the better teams in the AFC, but I just think the Ravens are now going to start to fall off. I think the injuries that we all were worried about at the beginning of the season are probably going to start to have their impact now. And also, like you, like you said, Ravens have won in some very interesting ways. Clyde Edwards-Alaire Clyde Edwards had never fumbled before until the Ravens punched it out to win that game. A 66-yard field goal had never been kicked before and made until it went to the Ravens to win that game. Um, these are just things I'm not banking on, and I don't think that Brandon Staley's coaching strategy is an accident. I don't think it's – I think it's very controlled aggression. I think the bet, one of the best things that, like, millionaires do – I've read several books about it, not that I have millions, but apparently they make decisions quickly, right? They don't, they don't stew over the decision – that long. And if it's a bad decision, they make another quick decision to get out of that bad decision, as opposed to pondering whether or not this is a good or bad move. They make a move. I think what Brandon Staley has done, if you look at his analytics department and so on, has made it so they just make decisions. They just make the decision and they go. So they already know if they're going, they know if they're punting, they, they know beforehand. And I think it affects the game in a way that we haven't seen yet. So I'm going with the Chargers. 
plus three as well. Now, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, are traveling to what kind of what used to be America's team when Tom Brady was there. Either you hated him or you loved him. You definitely had an opinion about the New England Patriots. Now they're just the Bill Belichick Patriots. Cowboys are getting our four-point favorites right now in Gillette. TJ, what do you think about this one? When you look at the forecast, it's raining the forecast on Saturday, but it's clear skies and sunny on Sunday. Cowboys offense will be ready to go. They can run it. They can throw it. And both of them are equal. There's not one better than the other. So I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Bill Belichick will throw something at Dak, but Dak's playing at a level uh, it's just unreal right now. Dak Prescott is playing extremely well, and the Dallas Cowboys have shown you they can beat you either way. And the crazy thing is Demarcus Lawrence isn't even playing. They went to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers, and we all love the Chargers right now, so I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. See, TJ, this line opened at plus one and a half in for the Cowboys. Cowboys were one and a half point underdogs. They are now four point favorites. Wow. That swing is incredible. You know what's happening? The entire world saw the New England Patriots almost lose to Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. And you know what, TJ? They damn sure should have. And I would have hit my underdog pup of the week. And they damn sure should have. What are you doing with that fake punt, David Cully? But anyway, in any event, I like I get Mike McCarthy as a head coach. I get Bill Belichick as a head coach. That is not even a mismatch. That's not even fair. That's David versus Goliath. That that is an unfair fight. Ring the bell, okay? I understand that the Cowboys are great on offense. They've been incredibly opportunistic on defense so far, especially with Trayvon Diggs. But I'm going to wait on this game, TJ, because I like the Patriots side just because everybody's going to bet on Dallas. I'm going to wait on this game. I'm going to bet on it right before – what time is it? 125 – Eastern Standard Time, when this game kicks off, I will be putting a unit on the Patriots plus whatever they are because I just want to fade all of America. Good luck with that one. All right. So we got the Buffalo Bills at the Tennessee Titans. The Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites. TJ, there was two bets in fall of football that were one of the best bets ever. Bills and Alabama first half. The Bills have, have, have won the first half, and Alabama has won the first half every week, pretty much for the last 15 weeks consecutively. Well, this Saturday, Alabama lost the first half and ended up losing the game to Texas A&M. Where are you in the Bills game, which has no impact on any of the things that I just said, but in a gambler's perspective, that makes sense to me, that the Bills are in trouble. I'm going with the Bills. They defensively, number one in points allowed. Offensively, they're scoring the most points. What else do you want? Everybody was in a huff. They lose week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my God, the Buffalo Bills are not what we thought. Josh Allen isn't as good as we thought. Oh, it was just a little speed, but a little bump in the road. They are back, and they're better than ever. They, they didn't just beat Kansas City. They humiliated them. They, it was, if this is a boxing analogy, it was a knockout within the first six rounds. And they're going to keep this train rolling. And, you know, a train just doesn't stop. It, ha- it takes a long time for a train to come to a complete stop. Um, the train is rolling. Tennessee Titans are just in the way. We can't stop when I say we because I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, see, how exactly far that train will roll 
several math teachers will tell you that I had a lot of trouble ascertaining that 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 exact amount. However, I do think that the train is going to keep on rolling at least for one more week, right? It's not a word problem. I can't solve for X, but I do know, like you just said, ones are easy to add up. You got the number one offense, the number one defense, and the Buffalo Bills. They just demolished the Chiefs. I like the Titans to be able to score in this game, but I just don't see how, after watching that Buffalo offense against Kansas City, which we know has absolutely paper mache defense, that Buffalo offense is impressive, and it looks very simple to execute. It, it reminds me of kind of like everything kind of looks the same until it doesn't, and then it's like, oh, boy. Now there goes Sanders, Diggs, whoever, Dawson Knox up the sideline for you know a bomb. So I'm going with the Bills minus four and a half. I've lost a ton of money betting against the Bills, so hopefully I can turn this tide. TJ, <laughs> do you know your lemon pepper parlay of this week? Lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. America's team against uh, the former of America's team, former America's team. So I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys over New England Patriots, giving up four. And the team we were just speaking of, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills over the Tennessee Titans. The Bills, Josh Allen, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. I like that recipe. My lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. I'm taking all money line favorites, three of them, okay? So I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs on the money line. I know they've been ugly the last few weeks. Washington football team is always ugly. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Geno Smith-led and worst defense in the league having Seattle Seahawks on the money line. And also, after everything that happened in Las Vegas, all those emails that came out, you got me messed up. You don't think I'm taking Teddy, two gloves, on the money line with the Denver Broncos. Let's eat. Man, that that really, when you just sit there and think about what happened with the rate, like who's calling the plays, Greg Olson, not the Fox Greg Olson, like they're going to be, it's, man, this, this has potential to be ugly. Re like it can get ugly really really quick for the Raiders and it was you know all the support oh they beat the Ravens oh they're good they're ready to go and then it's just boom you know I, sucks all those rude knock on woods if you're with me there's it's silent in Allegiant Stadium today yeah they they well you look at on the bright side uh they're the first ones out the gate looking for a new head coach so they get a head start on everybody <laughs> right. Beat Jacksonville to the punch. All right, TJ. All right, bro.